Well, welcome to uh, Believe in the Bronx, our Yankees podcast, uh, end of season edition. Pete Caldera here in New York. Mike Stanton, three-time Yankees world champion relief pitcher uh, in his Houston studios. Uh, Mike, obviously not the uh, season the Yankees uh, uh, expected when they broke camp in uh, spring training. They thought they had a championship caliber team, at least a team that could uh, come back and, and uh, compete for that American League East uh, crown that they won in 2022. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, things started really going uh, backwards once uh, Aaron Judge uh, got hurt at Dodger Stadium on, on June 3rd. But I think, Mike, that kind of really, uh, you know, exposed a lot of the flaws that were all, already, you know, within that roster. You know, you know, you know, the age on that roster, the injury proneness uh, of it, uh, the 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 two right handedness uh, of it. Uh, I mean, you you expect to have left handed hitting uh, power when you're walking into Yankee Stadium and, mm -hmm. and dealing with that, and they really haven't had had that. So the the lineup, uh, the structure of the lineup, and then you know. Outside of, of of Garrett Cole and and a, a pretty a decent year out of out of Clark Schmidt, the the rotation was kind of in, in shambles with with injury and ineffectiveness, uh, and it all added up to, to fourth place and out of the playoffs for the first time since 2016. Yeah, I think really what the the Judge injury did, it just kind of pushed the narrative forward. You know, uh, I, this was a this was a flawed roster the whole time. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I agree with the Yankees with Cashman. I thought this was going to be a much more competitive club, but when judge went down, it just kind of exposed everything. Yes. You had some big issues in the rotation. Um, you know, you had, you had guys that you were counting on uh, out for long periods of time, but you know, you go back to uh, mid June of 2022. Yeah. And those offensive woes were were present then. That's when it really started. And, uh, you know, yeah, Judge had the incredible second half, and he really obscured the numbers. But if you take Judge off that team, if you take those numbers out, you know, they had that team had an OPS of about 650. This year had an OPS of about 650. So it was the same. Uh, it, it seemed like it was a little different, but when you really dig deep into the numbers – it was kind of the same issue, a lot you know, a lot of guys trying to hit long, uh, hitting the home run, um, you know, the the three true outcome type at bats, and you had a lineup full of those, and then Judge goes out again, and it exposes it even more. So yeah, there needs to be some changes. I don't think that you're talking about a club that needs to be completely rebuilt, completely torn apart, uh, but there are there are some big changes that need to be made to make this team competitive in 24. Right. I mean, it, it's, you know, right. You talk about the, the changes that that could be coming to their roster, but, you know, the, there's a lot of anchors on this team, uh, you know, with contracts. I mean, you're looking at, at Stanton's contract, sure. the, the, the million still owed to him over the next uh, uh, four years, the, uh, the the contract to, to LeMayu, the one they just gave to Carlos Redon and uh, who, who, you know, had had as, as lost a year as you could you could have uh, right. due to injury and ineffectiveness, um, you know you would anticipate that they would be in the uh, in the in the Yamamoto sweepstakes. I mean they've they've scouted him. They've uh, this is a uh, this is a player that uh, a pitcher that uh, you could see them going all in on, but they're mm -hmm. going to have a lot of competition for him. Um, you know they they've got to get more left-handed uh, in that lineup, and and maybe Bellinger's out there for them uh, uh, in free agency, a, a guy you could pursue. Uh, but 
you know, this is not a, a, a situation where, you know, just throwing a few million at it is going to solve things. I mean, there are some systemic problems uh, within this organization, and that's what they're doing the deep dive in now that has begun uh, in Tampa, Florida, with their with their uh, their organizational meetings, and they're going to yeah. have for the first time uh, uh, bringing in an outside firm to to sort of uh, do an internal audit of of uh, their application of analytics. Uh, you know, the, the their injury history and the, and uh, how they can better prevent and keep guys off the IL and, um, um, you know, and, 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 you know, Aaron judge was, was pretty frank, uh, in speaking with us, uh, towards the end of the year, uh, uh in Kansas city, you know, talking about sort of the, the misapplication he feels of, of analytics and not that they're, they're getting overloaded by it, but they're not getting the, uh, the numbers that, uh, they need that the stuff that, that, that really matters, uh, to them. So, I mean, th- this is where the deep dive begins. Uh, yeah. they, they could be overhauling their whole anal- analytics department. Well, one of the things that you just said that there's systemic issues here and, and that goes, that goes into not just to the players, but that goes all the way into how the rosters are put together, how it's put together, how it's orchestrated, what's your philosophy in bringing in players and, you know, I think that, you know, when you when you go back to it, you know, DJ LeMahieu is actually, tell you the truth, he's not really a Yankee type player. Now, and I mean that in a positive way because he's not a big home run guy. He is a high on base percentage guy. He's a guy that has a batting champion, a batting title. But we haven't seen him play like that. And, and I think that's going to be one of the things they need to do is, yeah, because DJ's not going anywhere because of the money that he's owed. And, um, uh, you know, if he can turn back the clock a little bit, be a bigger on-base percentage guy, be more of a pest at the plate, you know, uh, but it, I think that's – it's going to be fast. It would be great for us to actually get information from this audit that's going to go on. Well, we're not going to get it, but, you know, but we may be able to tell, you know, by spring training next year, we may be able to tell kind of what they came up with, with what paths the team takes that's different than the path that they've been on over the last several years. So uh, it's going to be fascinating to see exactly what kind of changes are made, but you're right. You know, you have so many players on this, on this team that are locked in. They're already there because of the contracts that they're on, because of the the amount that they're being paid, they're going to be there, you know, Uh, and you just got to keep your fingers crossed. Somebody like a Carlos Rodon can actually, you know, stay healthy and be on the field and, and, and be, you know, the pitcher that that we all know he can be when healthy. But that's a, that's a big win because he's just not – he hasn't been able to do it. He wasn't able to do it almost at all this past season. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's interesting that they're taking this path, that they're, uh, they're going through, they're bringing in an independent firm to kind of take a look at things. Um, what comes out of it, we don't know. We're just going to have to wait and see. But something's got to change a little bit because this is two seasons in a row that the, the Yankees just have not been as competitive offensively as they should they should have been. And the whole idea of analytics, um, you know, there is the, the, the old saying of paralysis by analysis is real, you know. And if you get a whole bunch of information and that information is, is, is massaged into one particular route – now all of a sudden you've got the same play. And, and that's where as a pitcher pitching against the Yankees, I think it makes things a little bit easier. You know, when you don't have a bunch, you don't have some grinders 
in the lineup. That's what G, DJ LeMayhew is. You know, you don't have guys that are big contact guys. You don't have, uh, you know, they're all big swingers, swing and miss. They'll take pitches. They'll walk. But, you know, if you get ahead of them, there's a lot of swing and miss. It's, it's, it's kind of the similar type player. And then even back and forth going left and right. When you have an all left-handed lineup or an all right-handed lineup, as a pitcher, it makes the, it makes life easier on me because I don't have to change my approach, especially if all the guys in the lineup are kind of the same type hitters. Right. Um, you know, and you you mentioned that. I mean, they're you know, call it a subtle move or or, or not, uh, uh, you know, away from sort of some of the analytics driven stuff. But they did uh, make a coaching repla- replacement in mid year and uh, replacing uh, Dylan Lawson as their batting coach mm-hmm. with Sean Casey, who's you know more obviously a, a guy who had a 300 lifetime batting average yeah. in the big leagues, but, but uh, you know, a, a, a more, uh, you know, relatable uh, right. uh, coach to, to some of these hitters. And, and, and uh, I mean, not that the numbers uh, took off in the second half, they, they, they didn't, but uh, you know, when, when a guy like Casey gets an endorsement from a guy like judge um, that's a, I think that that says something, and yeah. and you know, Dutch will even be, uh, you know, was, I mean, he he's planning on, you know, having his own sit down with with Cashman and and Steinbrenner, uh, Hal Steinbrenner, and, and and giving his opinions on uh, directions they need to go, things he'd like to see, yeah. uh, uh, part of that systemic change. Because uh, listen, if you uh, you know, he is the captain of, of this team, and uh, the investment they made in him, um, you know, that I think this includes, uh, you know gathering his thoughts about yeah. uh, you know what he saw uh, on the ground in the clubhouse and and right. uh, and, and things like that so um, but there could be changes on on Boone's staff uh, I mean obviously it looks like Boone will be coming back for his uh, final year guaranteed under his contract mm-hmm. uh, they may you know you, you look on the staff and perhaps you get uh, you bring in a, a, a a bench coach with some managerial experience perhaps I mean the last time that they had a, a a quick October exit in 21 when they lost the wild card game. Uh, they took Phil Nevin off that staff and uh, hitting coach Marcus Timms and, and Nevin was a close uh, Boone confidant. So uh, right. you might, you might see some changes uh, on the staff here, Mike, but, but obviously, you know, you look to things that you want to have a, a positive outlook towards at least mm-hmm. From from a positive standpoint, uh, towards the end of the year, they got a they got a little broader look at some of the younger guys. Sure. Uh, that was you know the Jason Dominguez in, injury was just uh, devastating, uh, just je- devastating, yes. absolutely. Because you could see him uh, competing and, and being your opening day center fielder next year, and then he 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 goes down with Tommy John surgery, and you won't see him until June or July uh, next year. But that that nine, eight or nine game, uh, uh, taste he had at the big leagues. Uh, it was, it was, it was tantalizing. Yeah. I got to see him down here in Houston. The dude is legit. I mean, oppo power, you know, not a big swinger, but man, the ball just jumps off his bat and that is devastating. And the one thing you hope with Jason is that he doesn't lose his mojo going down for surgery. You know, what I mean by that is, you know, he had a great minor league season. He came up to the big leagues, never really even missed a beat. He was really he was really feeling it. He was on a good flow. Now, all of a sudden, he doesn't get to play baseball for several months. You know, right. uh, he has to rehab the elbow. Then he's got to get back into the flow of, of playing baseball again. And you hope the talent's still going to be there. But 
you just hope that, you know, he doesn't lose all that momentum that he built through this season by taking this time off. And, you know, as far as the coaches are concerned, I mean, they're, they're obviously important. You know, they're the voice of the organization and bringing in Sean Casey, you know, I think it made all of us raise our eyebrows, but the one thing we know Sean can do, there are two things Sean can do. Sean can hit and Sean can talk. Okay. <laughs> and, and that's, that's why they brought him in. He's a high energy guy. Right. Very up. You know, I, I, I had a, 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 a very, very short conversation there at, at old timers day with him. And he's like, you know, he's talking to guys. He's going, dude, you know, he's, he's kind of an old school approach. Now he's got all the analytics, you know, working with MLB network as much as he did. He had, he had, you know, access to a lot of that stuff, but Sean was just a pure raw hitter. Just take the bat, hit down on the ball, hit the ball hard. And that's it. Not in the air. You know, Sean wasn't a big home run guy. Sean was a contact guy. And, um, you know, that's kind of what this, this roster has missed is that, yeah, there's always been a lot of walks, a lot of swing and miss, a lot of home runs. Where's the hit tool? Need some of that hit tool. That's why they brought in a guy like DJ LeMayhew, even though he's been hurt. So, you know, <clears throat> Sean is still around right now. We'll see if he gets to stick around. But, um, you know, it, it's just not that easy. And, and the thing is, you know, whenever a pitching coach or a hitting coach or somebody like that, they actually get fired. It kind of makes me uh, laugh a little bit because those are really the low guys on the totem pole. You know, when a big league hitter is struggling, there's not a whole lot a coach can do unless the hitter wants to listen. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's probably what Sean was trying to do more than anything else through the, um, you know, through the the last, what was it, month and a half of the season, whenever he came oh, in, yeah. um, was yeah. just build the relationships with the hitters so the hitters can trust him. And because yeah. that's only, that's when, that's when as a, as a player, I can trust a coach is when I know he's got my back, that he's not just, you know, feeding me lines or whatever. Um, and, you know, Sean, obviously coming in the situation he did, he wasn't going to do that just because he didn't have any he didn't have any contact with anyone. Right. You know, oh. so but the, the 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 coaching staff is important, but it's still about the organization and the players taking that information, taking what you can, using that information and going out and showing your abilities on the field. Yeah. Um, just to circle back on the, you know, the younger players that, uh, that they got to look at. Certainly Austin Wells, um, you know, he, he came in with a, with a reputation as a, uh, a hitter and, and uh, you wondered if uh, he had staying power uh, as a catcher. Um, he quickly earned the uh, respect uh, of, of a veteran staff. And uh, I think he's, he certainly put himself in, in play to um, at least be considered in a, uh, in a platoon role possibly sure. with uh, Trevino next uh, next year, um, you know, Anthony Volpe's rookie year at shortstop at age 22 in, in New York. Uh, I mean, it, it, he had his ups and downs and, and, uh, there, there certainly was a question, you know, around May or June, whether, uh, you know, he might be better off, uh, you know, spending some more time in the minor leagues. Right. Um, he came out and have a, had a, a, a pretty consistent second half. Now, I mean, you know, batting uh, in the two tens isn't isn't going to cut it in the in the big leagues. But he showed power, he showed speed, and mm-hmm. uh, he showed uh, a defensive uh, 
you know, uh, angle to him that, uh, you know, where he's going to be mentioned among the, the gold glove uh, sure. candidates for shortstop in the American League. Uh, so, I mean, he he really had a, a much more consistent second half and, and credit to him for, for not, uh, you know, getting down on him uh, on himself yeah. and just the weathering the storm in a, in a what was a, you know, a very difficult first year in New York. Yeah. And I think that that's what you, what I took from Anthony Volpe's season was just that was that he wasn't overwhelmed that yeah. even if he struggled, he was still, you know, all the reports we heard, he was still the same dude coming to the ballpark. He never took it on the field. Right. With him. He was still yeah. a, a, a plus defender uh, there at shortstop. So, I think that it, even though he did not put the numbers up that he wanted to, I think that it's positive that he ended better than he started and he progressed all the way through the year and he showed that he can handle the pressure of being the shortstop for the New York Yankees. So I think it was a positive season, um, even if the numbers weren't quite there, because there was a lot of good things to take from Volpe at short uh, this year. And you got to remember, we were going in spring training. We didn't know who was going to play short. There was still a toss up. It, it could have been kind of Falefa. It could have been any of these guys. But um, but they they did what they needed to do. They put Volpe there and they left. They did what they said. You know, they said they were going to leave him alone. Just go out yeah, there and did. play. Right. And even when the pressure was when he was, you know, hitting below 200, when he wasn't doing anything offensively, you know, the Yankees stuck with what you know, their original game plan was. So you got to give credit to them for that just simply because it, it would have been easy to say, okay, yeah, you know what? We really need some offense. Um, let's make some moves. Let's send him back down. Let, you, you know, let him spend a little bit of time in the minor leagues and get his head right, all that kind of stuff. But they didn't do it. They left him where he, he should have been there at shortstop. And then at the end of the year, you saw a better offensive player. You saw more consistent at bats. You saw a guy that didn't swing as much. Uh, out of the zone. I mean, he made some real adjustments. So I think I think it's positive going forward. Right. Um, another positive that they, they can take into this offseason, too, is that uh, Michael King has made a, 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 a quick Ooh. transition from the bullpen uh, into a guy that uh, they're going to count on in their rotation uh, in 2024. Behind Garrett Cole, who, uh, I mean, Got to be. I don't, have a, I don't have a Cy Young this year, but he'd be, he'd be my <laughs> choice uh, certainly. That uh, I mean, the, the real disappointment uh, to the Yankee season, and, and Judge mentioned this uh, on his way out too, is that uh, they won't have you know Garrett Cole starting a, a game one in a playoff uh, yeah. uh, series this year after uh, the season he had. It was uh, uh, you know from start to finish uh, a Cy Young season yes. in every respect. Yeah, it's in my opinion, it's going to be unanimous. There's really not yeah. anybody. There were a couple of guys, Castillo out in, Se in Seattle. Um, I think yeah, Sonny Gray, was, uh, Sonny Gray had a yeah. great season, but you know, Castillo lost it. Even if he were, let's say he was neck to neck, and I don't think he was in his last two starts, um, he lost against the Astros and he lost against the Rangers in back to back starts that could have sent your team to the playoffs. I think that carries a lot of weight. I don't think he should get all the first place votes and then let everyone else fight for two, three, and four. Right. Um, and, you know, you talk about this rotation, uh, you know, Frankie Montas and, and uh, got a, he got a piece of the season at the end just to, uh, you know, just to come back from that shoulder uh, situation, uh, yeah. shoulder surgery, more of a showcase and for his own, uh, uh, you know, you know, mindset going into, the off season, but um, you know that that's a deal that didn't work out. He'll be a free agent. Luis Severino is is, is 
probably gone through free agency. Uh, you know, we mentioned Schmidt could be a, a possibility uh, in their rotation. He could also mm-hmm. be a trade chip. I think they got um, – they also saw enough out of uh, Vasquez and Brito that they, they could either swing into a, 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 a starter's role if they need, uh, be multi-inning relievers, or also – uh, be trade chips uh, this winter. It's going to be fascinating to see uh, where they go on the trade route. And and Labor Torres will be going into his free agent walk year. I mean, there's always trade talk surrounding uh, Glaber. He's coming off, you know, his most consistent season since his last All-Star uh, season. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is, uh, you know, this is a player who, who was pretty consistent all, all year long. I mean, he does have the, the occasional defensive lapses, the, the, you know, the stuff on the bases that, that makes you scratch your head. But, uh, you know, you could see him back at second base next year at Yankee Stadium, or you could see him, uh, you know, packaging a deal for, for something they need. Yeah, there's a lot of conversations that have to be held. Yep. I mean, you know, whether you're keeping, you know, and, and every, you know, that's I think one of the reasons why the Yankees, the Steinbrenners decided to go ahead and bring in an outside firm is just to get a fresh voice, just to get a, a different view on things. And um, I think you go around this whole team, you know, uh, barring the players that have the big contracts that, you know, may be unmovable. Everybody else is up for conversation. Uh, even if it's a, a good conversation, you have to touch on everything. And I love the fact that the Yankees are doing it now, that they're not waiting a couple. They're not taking a couple weeks off. Let's get this party started now. Let's get the offseason started now. Get the jump on a lot of the teams that are going to be playing in the postseason and get your game plan moving forward because, you know, they've got a lot of work to do this offseason. Yeah, they sure do. Um, before we uh, wrap this up, uh, Mike, just want to get your thoughts on the uh, the tournament that's uh, that's beginning yeah. this week. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we got a lot of flawed teams in the National League that were competing for that that wild card. Uh, True, but you know, there's always the you know you you, you know, but the Dodgers and the Braves are are, are kings, and then the in the American League, I, I think that's that's pretty wide open, but. Uh, you know, from the uh, American League East, which is well represented, uh, what a year the Baltimore Orioles had! And uh, incredible you know, for uh, for for them to you know go you know to, to win that division uh, yeah. and to come from where you know you, you thought you wondered if, if they could compete uh, again as a playoff uh, contender in, in going into twenty twenty three. That that was quite a year. It, it really was. I mean, I, I you know I think a lot of us were waiting for them to falter. And they just yeah. simply didn't do it. You know, they yeah. had a great season. I still have a tough time picking them because there's there's little to no experience on that roster whatsoever. Now, you know, basically they dealt with that all season, but you, you still got a question: Do they have the rotation? You know, how does uh, you know how does that match up in the uh, you know in the postseason? You know, if if Toronto can ever get their you-know-what together, they can get their stuff together, you know that they can be very dangerous, especially offensively. Um, the Rays are the Rays. I mean, they're a good team. Um, you know, the Astros, yeah, it, they, it, was a, it was a trying September in the American League West, to say the least. Uh, it, at one point, it didn't seem like anybody really wanted to win it, but you can't count out. Uh, uh, the the 2022 World Series champions. I mean, they've got the pedigree and they've got the ace back at the top in Justin Verlander. 
National League, to tell you the truth, I think it's the Braves and then it's everyone else, including the Dodgers, because I still don't trust the way the Dodgers run their pitching staff in the postseason. I don't think they rely enough on their uh, on their rotation. Now, the rotation has issues anyways, uh, but I think the way they run things, it just puts too much pressure, long-term pressure on a bullpen. And I still, to this day, think that they very well could have lost the 2017 World Series in game two when they took out Rich Hill. Right. What do you think? Of, how about the Rangers? The Rangers, man, their pitching staff is in shambles. On Saturday, they had to put John Gray on the IL uh, with forearm tightness. I just don't know if they have the pitching to do it. You know, their bullpen has been an Achilles heel all year, and they are a tremendous offensive team. They are. But you don't usually slug your way into a World Series championship. Uh, you have to be able to have some kind of run prevention. And I just don't know if they have the rotation. Yeah, and some hiccups in the and, bullpen too. And they came and they they kind of came into the the postseason here uh stumbling a little bit. Yeah. Losing three out of four to Seattle. All right. You want you want you want to give us a, your World Series uh teams? Who who do you think? Well, I'm going with the Braves in the National League. I really yeah. think the American League is up in the air. It's really going to be who okay. gets hot. And 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 to tell you the truth, it could be anyone. Yep. All right. Well, I'll go with the Braves and the Orioles, and uh, we'll. All right. We'll keep it on the East Coast. See if we get there. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, next up on the Yankees calendar after this uh, this Florida audit is uh, is going to be the uh, the GM meetings uh, after the World Series. So that's oh, yeah. uh, that's that's their next uh, target in uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona. So uh, uh, and that's when uh, I guess the hot stove season will really begin that's heating it. up. But, uh, Mike, thanks for everything this year. Uh, a lot of fun, fun. What a pleasure. It was so great to see you at Yankee Stadium. Uh, it was. old-timers day. It seemed like that a great was, event. Uh, that was incredible. It, it truly was. I can't believe it's taken me 25 years to get back. But I'm glad that I did it. And the Yankee fans out there, this won't be my last. I will be back. Great. Well, yeah, maybe we can get them to, to play a game or at least take batting practice. Something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, something on the field. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, well, that'll wrap it up for, for us. Thanks again for, for all of you for listening and watching, and uh, we'll see you soon. Adios.